1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. NHL action tonight, St. Louis home to many. The Kings taking on the avalanche as they will determine the playoff matchups in the West division. Not quite totally sewn down there. Wild and blues just underway. No score Canucks and flames get going in about an hour. The Canucks still with, five games to go four of them against the flames. And they're here on Saturday afternoon at Rogers place to take on the Edmonton Oilers. That'll be the last game of the regular season for the Oilers one The game will start. It's on six 30 shed with the face-off show commencing at noon, kind of an unusual start time, but Hey, it's been an unusual season. So there we go. We do have the schedule for the playoffs for the Oilers and the Jets. Mostly we have the days of the game. We don't have the start times for all the games, but we don't have to look too far ahead. Next week, Wednesday and Friday, the Oilers home for the first two games. Those games will start at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Face-off show is on 6:30 Chad. will be at 5. There will be a back-to-back in this series, May 23rd and May 24th. I would think one of those games will be in the afternoon as uh, Toronto and Montreal also play in the evening of the twenty fourth or play on the 24th and again on the 25th. So they have their own back-to-back. So it could be Oilers and Jets Sunday afternoon, Toronto and Montreal Monday afternoon, Oilers and Jets Monday night, and then Toronto and Montreal Tuesday night. So there's a little bit of space in the back-to-back. You go an afternoon game to an evening game. I'm just kind of looking ahead and making an educated guess. But anyway, next week, Wednesday and Friday at Rogers Place, both games will start at 7. And I some breaking news tonight, the NHL's uh, North Division has been renamed the Rodney Dangerfield Division because it don't get no respect. If you don't know who Rodney Dangerfield is, if you're a younger member of the audience, go on YouTube and put in Rodney Dangerfield. Well, here's what I can tell you. It's been an an interesting debate around the North Division this year. And there was uh, the athletic which uh, you know it has some pretty good stuff on it from time to time they well they did a couple of things uh, and one of them we're going to talk about later on in the show but I'll I'll give you a bit of a heads up right now we're going to have Sean McIndoe on the show and if you're asking yourself who is Sean McIndoe he is down goes brown on twitter and on social media and online and he writes for the athletic we've talked to him in the past he's a pretty entertaining guy does a lot of lighter side of the sport type stuff so we're going to address what he wrote in the athletic and what he did was he ranked the 16 playoff teams in how appealing they would be to jump on their bandwagon (laughs) it's pretty funny and he he, well he he likes the oilers he's saying that if you're if you're not already on the oilers bandwagon you should you should jump on there so that'll be fun you can chime in along the way of course 780-496-0063 that's our hotline presented by CertainTeed professional grade building materials. Same number to also text. Brian writes in tonight. He says, "Hey Reed, I'm seating in the field and listening to your show. Have a good one." Well, I appreciate that, Brian, and I hope things are going well. As, uh, as you're seating, it's always nice to connect with people as they're doing whatever it is they're, they're doing. We have had, uh, I know David Beard, who plays for the double E football team. Sometime he's, uh, he's out working in the field and he'll be listening to the show. So wherever you are, thanks. Hope we bring you some joy tonight. But he- here's the other thing I want to get to. And I- I'm curious what people think. Because I've always thought in my old age and wisdom, well, maybe the wisdom part is debatable. But that if, you are, if you're really good at a professional sport in the best league in the world, you're probably pretty good. And generally, those accomplishments should not be demeaned. I mean, if, if a player is in the NHL, he's a darn good hockey player. And if another player consistently beats that darn, darn good hockey player and other darn good hockey players like him, then the player is probably exceptional. And that's what's happened with Connor McDavid this year. And that's what happens has happened with a guy like Austin Matthews in Toronto as well. But there's been this ongoing dialogue. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's the North Division. What do they do up there? They sit around with their polar bears and drink most and Canadians, and they don't know how to defend. All the games are 9 8. Okay. So what The Athletic did was they talked to an NHL executive, a scout, a coach, and a player and got anonymous comments. And they got a rating from uh, each individual saying, are they a tier one team to win the Stanley Cup, tier two, tier three, tier four, or tier five? Tier five would be considered an extreme long shot. Uh, which I believe that was the Nashville Predators. By, by the way, if there was a team, I mean, obviously I'm going to be covering the Oilers and hope they do well as an Edmontonian and as someone who talks to Oilers fans all the time. I got to say, if I was going to get on a bandwagon team, why wouldn't I get on the Nashville Predators bandwagon? We've got an uh, Edmontonian on the team who played for the Oilers for several years. Matt Benning plays for the Nashville Predators. That'd be as good a bandwagon team for, uh, as anybody for me if I was looking for a reason. But I digress. We'll focus on the Oilers. So... We got a variety of comments, and some you might expect. Uh, the scout, for example, said this. I don't think they have the depth that Toronto has, but drysettle and McDavid could carry a team for a while if their recent play continues in the playoffs. Look out. I don't think that surprises anybody. We know that DrySettle and McDavid drive the offense of the team. We know that uh, there often isn't a lot of offense when one of those two guys isn't on the ice. Uh, fair comment. The coach said this. He said, I will say this about their team. Mike Smith has been outstanding. Nurse has played as close to Norris Trophy consideration hockey as I've seen. He's been a dominant force on the ice and on special teams. He's played great hockey. So is Adam Larson. They can shut down top talent. You used to think their depth was an issue, but that bottom six in their lineup checks so well, it allows the game to get to the top six. So that's an interesting comment from an NHL coach who is saying about the Oilers hey, they actually check pretty well. They can actually stop other teams. Uh, I mean, we can do, I'm sure we could debate that and talk about it. But I, I do think the Oilers are deeper than they have been in the past. And their bottom six, hey, I've said it a million times, I'd like them to score more, but they're playing even a lot more than they used to in recent seasons. And it does give the top guys the chance to win the games more often than not. So, so anyway, so, some interesting comments. But under the – so here's what I'm talking about, the Canadian division being the uh, Don't Get No Respect division, the Rodney Dangerfield division. So when assessing the Maple Leafs, the anonymous player said this, and it wasn't really so much about Toronto as it was about the Canadian division as a whole. He said, Toronto, they're steamrolling teams in the Canadian division. Guess what? I don't think any of the teams in the Canadian division are good, any of them. They have no defense. How the blank can they win the Stanley Cup when they play no defense? I just don't think their forwards care enough about defense to win. I don't know if their goalie is good enough to steal them a series. They're good against the Canadian division. I don't think they're actually good. So he started off talking about the Leafs and then talked about the division as a whole and then circled back to the Leafs when he was talking about the goaltending and saying, I don't think they're actually any good. Hey, you know what? We're going to find out. But here's the thing. There will be a Canadian team in the Final Four. And, uh, and then we'll see, and we don't know what the matchups are going to be. I've been asked a lot. Well, who does the North division winner play? We don't know the four division winners in the playoffs will be ranked one through four and there'll be semifinals and there'll be a Stanley cup final. So that's not locked in through division matchups. You know, again, when it comes to Connor McDavid, if he would have played against other teams, if he would have played a full 82-game season, I don't know if he would have had 1.8-whatever points per game, but I'm guessing he would have had a lot. And I'll say this to that anonymous player who's probably on a team that didn't make the playoffs. Um, If Connor McDavid wasn't playing Ottawa nine times, he would have played Ottawa twice, Detroit twice, Columbus twice, LA LA four or five times, Anaheim four. Like there, there would have been about the same percentage of games against lousy teams that that don't defend very well. That's my point. But hey, the the proof's gonna be in the playoffs. In the the proof will be in the playoff pudding, I guess. You can text in your pudding recipes or whatever else you want to talk about. You can give me a call, 780-496-0063. It's inside sports on chat.
0: Playing a hunch, he's quick, and him and Dryer, they work well together. So just playing a hunch. Very long pass to Drysidle. He'll go to Cahun
2: all alone.
0: I was thinking my, my game is probably over, but uh, then uh, then Coach said that I'm going with Dry, so I was I was a little bit surprised, but uh, no, at the end I'm very happy for that opportunity and uh, yeah, obviously very very happy that uh, that it went that way.
1: Dominic Cahoon, the overtime winner last night in Montreal, as we saw Connor McDavid not start overtime. It was Drysaitel and then Cahoon and Barry on the back end, and they got a quick winner to win both games over the Canadians in overtime. That was the final regular season game for the Habs. 780-496-0063. Daniel has says, uh, hey, read a few people in the field listening to you. I appreciate that. I, I will be totally honest here. I'm not going to pretend to know things when I don't know them. Uh, Daniel, I don't know what piece of equipment that is, even though I grew up in a rural area. Uh, I was not on a farm or a ranch or anything like that. And yeah, Daniel, that, that, that is a big piece of equipment, probably one I could not competently operate. So I will stick to the picture as opposed to trying to encounter that in person because I'd probably break it and cost you a lot of money and a lot of time in the field too. <laughs> but thanks a lot for tuning in. I do appreciate it. And I do appreciate it. And I hope as uh remember when you're out working in the field or whatever you're doing, you, if you can't uh, get to a tube, all the Oilers games right here, on 630 chad ken writes in as well he says read i'm happy these anonymous players and coaches underestimate and dismiss the oilers the eastern media did the same thing with the gretzky oilers that took out the habs three straight it's been happening since day one of the oilers nhl history that is ken writing in and we'll go to the certainty hotline where we have elvis standing by well elvis it's nice to hear from you you've been uh you've been a regular on and off for several years so thanks for calling in yeah, Reed, you know what? I've, I've been listening to you
2: for a long time, and I really enjoy it. And we've been through some uh, some lockouts. We've been through some COVID not playing and all that other stuff. And now we get playoff hockey. So I am so stoked. You know, I, I was listening to those Eastern guys, Reed uh, at the beginning of the season, and I was getting really frustrated because some of those guys, I believe Ray Ferraro had him at the Oilers, picked finishing sixth and I just couldn't believe it. Um, where did you have him finishing, Reed? Second. Second, yeah. yeah. So, you know what? It's the only one I, I got right. I, well, you know what, though? Hey, you got the main one right. So, like, like as far as I'm concerned, I think a lot of people, like, I know Winnipeg's not going to be, Winnipeg is going to be a tough, tough team, but a lot of people are forgetting a lot of things. you are like, we, our fight improved immensely. Um, could, our, could our, you know, uh, third and fourth line scoring be a little better? Absolutely. But th- th- you just can't underestimate how how good this team has been. And everyone keeps saying, oh, if Mike Smith gets hurt, you guys are done. If any goalie, number one goalie, gets hit, hurt, a team is in trouble.
1: Not just the Oilers. Well, that, that's a good point. Injuries could derail any team if it's the right players. I, I think, and look, this is why I give the Leafs the advantage. Jack Michaels and I have this debate He doesn't think the Leafs are the clear favorite in the North. I will still grant them that. I do put some stock in what happened in the regular season, and they beat most of the teams most of the time. So I give them credit for that. And and you look at Toronto's bottom six. It has several experienced players who... At the peaks of their careers, were outstanding players, and I realize they're not at their peak, but they're still pretty good. And the experience counts. Like I, I look, I, I know it's it's a it's a popular thing out here in Western Canada to not like the Toronto teams, but I think I got to give them credit where credit is due. They got a good squad. Now, the, the one team that might be able to survive a goaltending injury, though, might be the Canadians because I think Jake Allen's the best number two guy out of the four playoff teams.
2: Absolutely. He might have to play.
1: He might. He might have to play. Yeah. I, I I agree 100 percent. You know what? Like I
2: mean, people people better under better not underestimate either Montreal or Toronto. Uh, or or Winnipeg. I mean, this 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 is a four four team race that either like any team could come out of this. And if you if you really look at like look at Montreal and Toronto, I'm going to be watching that series because Montreal is a tough team to play against. They're heavy heavy. You've been watching these guys all year long. You've been you've been broadcasting. You've been doing like doing the, the shows and all that stuff. And you know better than anybody else they're, they're a big mean defensive team and they're going to be
1: tough. tough tough. yeah love the show Reed love it thanks Elvis I appreciate that and we got Jody Shelley coming up later on in the show and I'm going to ask him about the playoff refereeing too if it it does change because that could help the Canadians if the whistles do get put away Montreal that, that wasn't their real lineup last night several guys being held out several players still hurt the Oilers got the win wasn't wasn't an overly intense game one more left for the Oilers coming up on Saturday uh we'll we'll keep talking about this uh these anonymous comments about the Oilers as we move along we'll get to the the bandwagon rankings too a little bit of contract talk about Larson Nugent Hopkins and Barry coming up as well you can chime in at Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Email inside sports at six thirty chet.com. We're back after the news and weather. Yeah, that's the name of the show. Wild up 2-0 on the Blues, five minutes left in the first period. Coming up later, Canucks and Flames, Kings and Avalanche. One game tomorrow, that's the Maple Leafs and the Jets. There are two games on Saturday. One's a regular season game. It's in the afternoon, Oilers against the Canucks. And then the first playoff game is Saturday, five fifteen Mountain Time. Boston taking on Washington. The NHL put out the schedule for the first round today. It does include some options for different sites for games because we don't know if uh, who Colorado and Vegas are, are hosting for sure. One's going to host St. Louis. The other will host Minnesota. The Oilers and Jets will start on Wednesday the 19th, 7 o'clock at Rogers Place. Face-off show at 5 here on 630 Chad They play Wednesday and Friday next week in Edmonton. Get the full story, by the way, on our website. Dates for all the games, but not times for games three through seven. So we'll keep you updated on that as we move along. Thanks a lot for tuning in this evening. You can get me at 780-496-0063. You can tweet me or follow me on Twitter at Reid Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. I do not tweet much personal stuff. It's a work account. I did tweet the name of the animal from Name the Animal the other night. What was it, Kellen? A caracal? A caracal? Caracal. Some kind of, some kind of cat. Yes. Interesting stuff. You're an interesting man. We'll do Name the Animal. Yeah, Maybe we'll do it next yeah, week. Yeah, give it a, a pl- YouTube. Playoff edition.
2: Yeah, give it a YouTube search, everybody, if you get a chance. They got some uh, – it's a pretty deep-looking cat,
1: and it sounds right. obviously very different. So, All right. Okay, so – Talking about some of the uh, anonymous comments made by folks around the NHL about the Oilers in the North Division, there was a ranking on the Athletic where an executive, a scout, a coach, and a player gave every playoff team a tier ranking. So, tier one, most likely to win the Stanley Cup, tier five, not very likely to win the Stanley Cup. The anonymous player said this about the Oilers they're going to score goals, but come playoff time, when guys dial in the defense, especially outside the canadian division i'm thinking big picture here who is going to win the stanley cup if you look at it who's going to win colorado or edmonton it'd be colorado every time or vegas i just don't know how deep they are offensively and their defense is suspect past nurse yeah i mean i i get that i i that's that's fair i just don't totally buy the sentiment that The only reason McDavid and and Matthews and Dreisaitl and Marner had prolific seasons is because they're in the North Division. Here's what I say to that. If you're playing the same teams over and over again, they also are trying to figure out ways to stop you night after night. Just something to consider. Or maybe you don't think it's worth considering. I don't know. I saw a little bit of information from a couple uh, of the guys who cover the NHL on TSN today, Frank Cervelli who said, and and we've heard this before from Elliot Friedman as well, contract talks with Adam Larson progressing. Nothing will be imminent, but probably looking at a three- to uh, four-year deal there. Tyson Berry likely to test free agency after the season, perhaps looking for a longer-term deal after being in Toronto for one year. Now, he was traded to Toronto. He wasn't signed there. And then he signed with the Oilers for one season. I, I got a question last night after the uh, Oilers game saying, why isn't Tyson Berry a Norris trophy candidate? He is the leading point getter among defensemen. And I said, well, probably because his all-round game isn't as highly thought of as Victor Hedman or Adam Fox or even Darnell Nurse. Um, Berry's an interesting guy to discuss. He's had a heck of a season, and he's brought the Oilers an element that they haven't had for a long time. Is he a defensive wizard? No, but they, they've been able to use him in situations where he doesn't necessarily have to be a defensive wizard. Do the Oilers want to commit to him long-term? I don't know if they would, because I think that maybe in two or three years, Evan Bouchard can do what Tyson Berry is doing now, and then he can do it for longer. We have Brian on the certainty hotline as well. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, how you doing, Reed? Good.
0: I was just gonna make make a comment actually I've uh, been an order fan for uh a long time through the late seventies and uh well the early eighties and uh seen gretzky and messier and and coffee and the like and um and then see this this group of guys uh with dry and david and it's there's there's a an interesting thing i think that's happening. Uh, and that is that um, I think the first time in a long time we're seeing, like from that, from that first success the owners had with Gretzky was, you know, the players that they, they drafted and brought along and, and um, the, the players that grew up together, how they liked each other and then how they pushed each other. And you've seen that especially with Messi and Gretzky. Uh, and then and then all the other players followed everybody had their their uh, you know their strong suits and their strengths and stuff and they played in those positions and it's interesting because I think that's happening again now with the orders and that you see, you see the players like pullarvi coming along and um, and you see dry Seidel, who I don't think anybody realized how good a player he was going to be but because but I think because he's playing with McDavid, um, I think there's just a, a like a there's there's a respect and a liking between the players, but a real competitiveness as well that they push each other. And I just think that this is there, there's a lot of similarities to the success the others had in the '80s to today. Just wanted to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I. You know, I when when I hear uh, a comment about players liking each other and team spirit, I always I always debate how to talk about that. I, I think it can vary from team to team. I, I do think team unity is important. Don't get me wrong. And I think team bonding and willing to put the team ahead of yourself is important. I also know that teams that win more also look happier because they're winning, right? So what comes first, the camaraderie or the winning? <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do think, if I'll, I'll, I'll bring up what you said specifically about Puliyarvi, I think that's meant something to the team because he, two years ago, he basically turned his back on the team, right? He and his agent said, mm-hmm. we're done. And Mm -hmm. I think there was probably a disconnect in the dressing room with him and some of the guys and maybe even hitch at the time. And then he came back and I I know a lot of people laughed at it, but I think even a little thing like changing his number to a more traditional number and Mm -hmm. being willing to do the little things and play defense and muck it up a little bit. I I think that's helped. And I, and I do think because he is now (laughs) successful I think that's created a good vibe on the team. I mean, you see his reaction when he scores and now you see it from other guys too, that they want to see that big smile and that, and that big high five.
0: Agreed. But, you know, and and I think we can't forget about Mr. Holland because Ken Holland, um, I think made some of this magic happen to free him to come back. And I mean, the coach, the coach changed the the management changed. Um, A lot of the players are still here. But yeah, I mean that, that must uh I, I think that Ken Holland deserves some credit for, for Pulley Arvey coming back for sure.
1: Well um, the best the, the best move Pugliar, the best move Ken Holland did was not trading Pulley His best absolutely. move is the one he didn't make. I truly believe that. Yeah. Oh for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Thank Thanks. you, Brian. Thanks. Appreciate it. That's Brian, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, you know I I always wonder about that, and most, I, I guess just from my experience in doing this job, t- talking to sports people, and do you have to, do you have to like your teammates? I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I think you have to be willing to play, play for your teammates. And I think you have to be willing to put the team before yourself. And I think you certainly have to respect your teammates and have them respect you. I, I, you know, I, I, Rob and I talk about this time and I think, you know, you hear stories, well, teams that hung out away from the rink or, did this or this but then you often hear the story well this guy was an important part of that team but he could never come out with us because he had three kids or he, you know he, his wife was or whatever he had family commitments I, I just think when it comes to that team environment you have to have a, a leadership core that sets the tone with their work ethic and with their standards and i think with the orders right now you have dry Seidel, mcdavid and Nurse taking the lead there, and Larson's involved, and Nugent Hopkins is involved. I think Mike Smith is there in his own way, though he's a bit of an older player. So I think you establish that, and then if those players are, are working hard and are committed, that's going to get the respect of the other players who are going to say, okay, I see Connor doing this, so there's no excuse for me to slack off because he's already, he has all this skill, Plus, he has all this drive. So if he can play 25 minutes a night and do that, I can play my 10 and go out and block shops. Like, I've always thought it's not necessarily about being buddies with somebody. And again, I don't think it hurts. And I think if you've made the NHL, you're used to being part of a team and figuring out how to fit in. I I think it's probably more important to not hate your teammate than to love him. Right. (laughs) I mean, you don't want that guy on that team who is just a complete jerk and selfish and you can't stand talking to and all that kind of stuff. And look, the Oilers appear happier this year because they're winning. I mean, we used to get calls all the time about, well, you know, Taylor Hall's body language looks bad. And then five minutes later, we get a call saying, well, why doesn't Justin Schultz show some emotion? Well, people weren't mad at the emotion or lack of emotion that their team was showing. They were just mad the team was losing. Right. So, you know, now they, they, they look happy because they're winning. So I, I think you just need players that are get, have the respect of their teammates and that are reliable. And that's, that usually helps with just the whole team atmosphere. You know, maybe this guy's not a star, but I know he's going to do this. If they were out for dinner the night before or not, I don't know is, how much does that matter? Maybe some guys would say it would matter a lot, but I've had other players, ex-players tell me when they're done, they said they just wanted a guy they could trust. And maybe some guys are a little different or didn't fit in very well or, or didn't have time to hang out socially, but they sure as heck could trust them. And I, and I think that's a good thing about the orders this season. And again, as we've been talking about, not just tonight with those anonymous comments, but through most of the season, hey, they have flaws. There, there, there are some things you'd, you'd like the lineup to be better but they do have players with specific roles who at least most nights are able to carry out that role. You know, Archibald's a great example. You know, even Larson has, has a relatively specific role. Devin Shore has come in and carried out a role in the bottom six. So I think there's some trust and some commitment that helps the overall team vibe. That's just my kind of riff on it. Um, and I, I often reference the interview with Buck Martinez from a few years ago when the Blue Jays went on that run in 2015 and it really picked up at the beginning of August, and I said to Buck, what comes first, the confidence or the winning? So are the Oilers, do the Oilers appear to be a more tight-knit team because they're winning, or are they winning because they're a more tight-knit team, right? That that, that would be my question. But I think Brian makes, makes a good point, and I do think once you establish that, then maybe that's something that can carry forward in future years and can get the franchise. I'm Alex Rodriguez. guys going in the right direction anyway spend more time on that than i thought it would 647 we could call a quick timeout Today they will practice tomorrow and play on Saturday noon. Face-off show on six thirty. Chad game will start at one thirty as they finally wrap up their ten-game season series with the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, I was uh, that, that call from Brian really got me thinking about team camaraderie and happiness and bonding and all that kind of stuff. I like I, I always think about a, a real-world example, quote unquote, real world. and pro sports isn't entirely the real world, but. I mean, I'll ask you guys, would you sooner uh, work with the happiest, most positive person in the world who's an incompetent idiot? So would you sooner work with me or would you sooner work with somebody who maybe could be uh, a little bit unpleasant at times, but generally you can get along with, but who is top notch at their job? I mean, I think you'd take the, the, the person who's top-notch at their job, even if you had the odd bump in the road. Now, if it's a complete jerk that everybody in the office or the workplace can't stand and who's just a, a toxic individual, then okay, you might take the, hap, the happy idiot. But I, I, you know, I think, again, I think that why, that's often why for pro hockey players it comes down to trust and it comes down to respect. Okay, like, what what are you going to ask about a, a coworker? Will he or she get the job done? Will it be done well? Do you want to go for lunch with them? Well, maybe not, but I, I know they're going to do their work. You know, I'd sooner go for lunch with you know Steve down the hallway. By the way, doesn't Steve still owe us a lunch, Kellen? I have to check on that. I do believe he does. I do believe we're still owed a lunch from before the pandemic
2: uh anyway, anyway i think you're right now
1: that we talk about it oh absolutely i think steve owes us a lunch or two well we'll have to get on that when we can uh, all meet up a little more easier 780-496-0063 is how you can chime in calling or texting gary and colt lake beautiful community used to cover the grand center royals football team when i lived in lloyd gary says reed write this down oilers team with mike smith will be hard to beat in this playoff not like last year I am writing that down, Gary. It is written down. Uh, this texture says I think it would be a tough argument to say that Barry is the Oilers' top D man. That has to go to nurse, doesn't it? Oh uh, Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was saying. Uh, this texture simply writes in Barry or a healthy cleft bomb? Well, there's the debate, isn't it? Barry or a healthy cleft bomb? Uh, I think Barry's better offensively. Cleft bombs a little bit bigger, probably better in his own end. Power play has been outstanding with both. Team records a little better with Barry. We have John on the line as well. Go ahead, John.
3: I hey, read. I'm really looking forward to the playoffs starting. Cause I, I'm, what I'm looking forward to most is the change in attitude by the Oilers and my, Remember what Nurse said at the end of the the bubble playoff? He said, I don't know what happened, and I don't know why we weren't very good, and we were embarrassed, and we are going to sit out, and we are going to fix that. I think the Oilers are going to come out and be aggressive. They're going to be relentless on the forecheck. There won't be any stupid penalties. Lines three and four will be solid and good enough to keep the puck out of the net. And I think Nuge is going to break out of his scoring slump. I also think our top four defensemen are solid. They're going to be shutting down the top lines on the other team. So I have a lot of confidence in them. You know, I'm, I just think all the guys that went through that the, the kerfuffle with the bubble, they are going to be motivated to the 10th degree.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I hope you're right. I, John, stay on the line for a second, okay? Okay. Did, did, you, did you not, you don't, have a, you don't have a riddle for me today? <laughs> well, I have, I have a story. Can you do it quickly? Sure. My go wife ahead.
3: and I found out the secret to ha- maintaining a happy marriage. Uh, okay. Two nights a week we go to a nice restaurant and we have some food and we have a glass of wine and we enjoy the ambience. She goes Tuesdays, I go Fridays.
1: <laughs> there it is. Thank you, John. That is John. He's awesome. Always has a little quip or riddle for us. There's the one you can tell at your workplace or on Zoom meetings tomorrow. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We do have Jody Shelley coming up.